What is up, everyone, and welcome into another edition of the Return of the Roar podcast. It is I, Chris Watkins. It is he, Frankie Cardicelli. Frank, how you doing? Um, pretty good. Pretty, 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 pretty decent. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. We're uh, here. It's a beautiful day. It is uh, a beautiful day here beautiful in Sacramento, day. man. Not because we are uh, out of a losing streak. It actually is a nice day outside. Take a step out when you can. I know it's been kind of tough to do that over the past year. For a lot of us, but uh, hey, we're recording after a Kings win, so it's a good Saturday. Yes, we are. Yeah, the winning or the losing streak, I should say, is over. Nah, that's over <laughs> too. Yeah, the winning streak might be over soon, but for now, the losing streak is over. Uh, the Kings were on a nine-game losing streak, uh, the longest since uh, 2008, 2009. Yeah, uh, which you pointed out on your social media accounts. Follow Frank. Uh, and Ooh. they were tr- almost. Uh, they really, really tried. I mean, that Detroit game came way closer than it needed to. I think we'll talk about it a little later, but uh, that would have been a 10-game losing streak, which would have been the longest since 1997-98 season, which uh, we were we were alive for that, but we were we not were. Uh, not very coherent. I don't think I could go to the bathroom on my own. That took a while after that, probably too, until I was in high school. But uh, I, uh, I, do, <laughs> I do have to say, uh, no if they would have lost last night, like 10 in a row... Uh, that would have been the second longest streak in the history of the Sacramento era. The longest. Oh, there's longer than that. So, oh, same, so we have something else to aspire some, for. Yeah. Okay. Cool. The same team, 1997-98. They lost. Oh, that 12. team was. That team must have just been absolutely twelve. Pristine. Well, they had the Rock. They had Mitch Richmond on that. team. Really? They did. They had oh, Mitch Richmond man. on that team, and uh, you know what? They also had Corliss. Really. And Kings legend. So they've had people I've heard of. Yeah. I would have definitely expected, like, yeah, like, Mitch is gone. Well, I guess they... No. that that Was team, that the season before J-Will? I'm that was sorry, the I'm season. Not, that really was the not. season There's before. There's probably a whole group of people who think, were missing. That was like, the last yeah. year before things turned around, because they had the strike-shortened season in 1998-99, and that was the year Rick Adelman took over. Yep. God bless you, Rick Adelman. Uh, that was also the year we got Chris Weber, Peja, uh, Vladi... It just was the. It was literally the turning point before things got good. We just did like a uh, like the, like in two K when you just do a fantasy draft. That's yeah. pretty much what happened. They're so like, oh, lockout. if you think Let's about just... it, the fact that we lost that many games in a row might mean this is the turning point before things get better next year. Because right, that's what history said. I mean, you know, history teaches us the future. That's... You can't you can't fight history. Yeah, so it's a giant circle. Great to be back in the win column. Uh, I guess we'll start with kind of just going back and, and saying how much of a nightmare that Knicks game was. Probably the the mo- like the least amount of fun I had watching a game so far of a season. It was tough. I mean, especially I mean the Knicks are a really good defensive team. Um, I think they might actually be uh, statistically like top five defense in the league, uh, and that showed at moments for sure. But I don't think the Kings' offense is an issue. I think they still ended up putting 121 or something like yeah. that against the Knicks. Yeah, the, the problem is the Knicks have the worst, literally they have the yes. worst offense in the entire Yes, and the Kings NBA. allowed them to somehow put up 140 points. I don't, I, I'm going to go on record right now. I don't think the Knicks will score 140 points again this season. No, come back and Probably for the wrong. next two seasons. But they scored 38 in the first, 39 in the second, and then 39 in the fourth. They had three quarters where they scored over 38 points. That's just atrocious. It's horrible. Uh, other than De'Aaron Fox, the Kings did not have much going. HB had a pretty good game. I'm looking at the Knicks box score right now. They had one player shoot under 50%. That was Obi Toppin who went one of three. Every single person besides Obi Toppin who, 
who sh- took a shot, Theo Pinson played a minute and didn't take a shot. But you know, Nick's social media is like crazy. Like they're like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like their fan base. They're they're very bitter over like the Kings fan base saying like, I can't believe the Knicks passed up Tyrese Halliburton. I can't and believe Nick fans talk about Kings fans. They do no, because I, I follow uh, worldwide Wob, and there's gotcha. a bunch of Knicks fans in his mentions all the time. And they would like to mention how Emmanuel quickly could be just as good or better Relax. than Tyrese, which oh, okay. I, I can't say. I, I sure. Can't. No, not, okay. not. No, it's not happening. I can't say. Maybe, I guess I, I, can't, I can't confidently say. I mean, quickly, if we, if we want to go off that game, for sure. I mean, and I know quickly's done some really amazing stuff. He reminds Jeez. me a lot of like, uh, I think actually you said Lou Will was one of his favorite players. He reminds me of like a Lou Will light. Um, he can shoot, man. He can shoot. His floater's nasty, and, I mean, he's he's got game for sure, but um, not like that. I mean, the Kings made him look like, yeah, like he's about to be the next one. The Kings' defense has made a lot of players look like all-stars as well. Like, I think it was uh, Etwan Moore put up like – Oh, I remember that. I think I was at that game. That was that was back at Sleep Train. Yeah. That was when he was with the, the uh, Pelicans. The Pelicans, yeah. yeah. And then with the Bulls, I think he put up like 28 on us too, and – I think those are like maybe are two of his highest out, scoring outputs of his career. So the Kings will do that. I mean, quickly is a good player, but uh, the Kings like they seem like they were getting just their. We can say ass. how about Kings legend ass, right? Alex Burks twenty four that game. Yeah. I didn't even realize that. I'm just... I had a I had a little thing I put out about how Alex Burks. I was excited when the Kings got him a couple of years ago. And because he was, he got buckets. Dave Yeager was not excited. And clearly, Dave, Dave <laughs> his homeboy. Take a seat. Yeah, he says sit right here. Take a seat right here. And he only played probably in like a couple games for them. And uh, he went off. Yeah, I thought it, he looked decent when he was with the Kings. I mean, he didn't look horrible. He was a good player on the Jazz, yeah. and, and he was he's been good everywhere else too. He's been good with the Warriors. He's been good with the Sixers. He's yeah. been good with the Knicks. Like the Kings for some reason. It's the just, George Hill story. The George Hill story, but. Uh, game was a nightmare. Didn't have much fun. They made it close for a second in, in Kings fashion. They let it go again late. Fourth quarter got outscored by 12. Um, so I guess we can just put that game away and not look back at it. Yeah, because we don't need to think about that game because, like I said, the streak is over. So now we did to get to focus on dubs. Um, it was probably one of the ugliest wins uh, I've seen in a long time. Yeah. But nonetheless, they got the win um, against Detroit. How in depth do you want to go about the game? I mean, um, I mean, as far as like from a basketball game standpoint, like it was not pretty. No. I think everyone, anyone watching this game, could not be like, "Wow, what a good win by the Kings!" It was just like, "Oh, they they pulled it out." That's great. they definitely turned it on late. That's for sure. They, you know, there was an intensity that that you know with the the Harrison three, the Buddy tip. Well, you know that was nice to see at the end, but it was definitely left me like, where was this all game? Well, they pooped. Rashawn, I mean, Rashawn and Buddy, or Rashawn and uh, De'Aaron showed up for sure. Well, they pooped. I'm saying poop because we can't curse on here anymore. I feel like we uh, can, to an extent. You what? We'll find the limit. We'll find the limit. Uh, they crapped the bed. Yeah, sure. We'll just keep escalating. It sounds so churchy. We'll just keep escalating. They, it. they, it's very churchy. They, they. You know what in the bed okay. in the third. No, you're going down. All right, I'm going downhill. Anyways, third bad third quarter. And the fourth quarter, obviously, yeah, they turned it around. They went on a run late. And without Harrison Barnes and Rashawn Holmes, yeah, they have no shot. I know De'Aaron had a really good fourth quarter, too. I'm not going to move on from that. But the way that Harrison played down the stretch and Rashawn, just maybe his best game as a king as yeah. far as like how just dominant, I mean, he just looked like he could get whatever he wanted. Whatever he, he wanted, really facilitate. Seventeen boards. That was yeah. one off his career high, and 
Two block. I mean, that first block he had, I think it was in the first quarter where he really sent it to, like, half court. That was – I mean, yeah, he was just on it all game. He yeah. was really setting the tone. And, like, the Kings needed that clearly because, I mean, if they didn't have – if they didn't come out like they did, and I, I think they were up, like, 32-17 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, got up really – got up a lot early and just, like you said, I mean, they absolutely cockad the bed. There we go. Okay. How is that better than what I said? I don't know. Whatever. We'll find a medium. Well, yeah. Oh, I oh. know, right? Well, series, like I know, right? Featuring Siri. We might need to put like beeps in at some point. It's just more work for Chris, and that's not cool. But uh, I have a bad mouth, and I'm trying to limit it because of uh, Bonneville. Shout out Bonneville, our employers. Um, so yeah, Rashawn. Big thing I'd like to point out. Um, it's a stat you have coming up a little later on in the podcast. We'll get into how bad the Kings have been at free throws, but. Uh, a big difference in the game to me was how bad the Kings were at free throws, and the only one that seemed to come through in the win was Rashawn Holmes. He made all seven of his free throw attempts, mm-hmm. and if you take away his seven for seven, the Kings shot seventy percent from the from the free throw line for the night. You take that seven away, it, it's it's not a pretty night. It's a loss. I mean, and that's pretty much been the the story of the season. Is just they've been missing so many free throws that it's either lost them the game or made the game way closer than it needed to be. Um, you know that Miami game sticks out to me in particular. Um, this game definitely. I mean, like you just said, if they lose Rashawn's, you know, if he misses four of them, they lose. Yeah, and which is kind of like what De'Aaron's been doing from the free throw line. And uh, even I mean, Harrison Barnes was nine of fourteen. Yeah, what's up with That's, that? That's I mean, has he? You used- can say yeah, he got fourteen attempts. That's great. But then you look on the other side. Jeremy Grant gets fifteen attempts, hits fourteen of them. I thought Barnes historically was a good free throw shooter. Am I wrong on no, that? No, he is. He's a very. He's I think he's about an eighty-one percent. Eighty-two. Free, yeah, he's eighty eighty-one point nine percent from the free throw line for his career. But this season, or I'm sorry. That's this year. That's this year. He, he's 80% for his career. Still, how is he? I feel like the last couple of games he has missed like three, four free throws a game. Yeah, man. I mean, it's just kind of that lack of focus that will lose you. I mean, that's. Because he needs to miss one or it's two. It's little stuff like that that makes, you know, that makes teams really bad. The difference in games. And you have more on that coming up that's later. How, that's what happens when you lose nine games. I mean, that's how you lose nine games is by continually making and not just Harrison obviously but but at what point in the streak did you just become like numb like okay we've lost was it five four six like, I would say probably before the Pistons game I mean or I guess that would be after the Knicks game because I I expected like I think many I expected them to win the Knicks foolish of me I expected oh, them me to too. win the Knicks game uh, and going into Detroit, I I know Detroit is the second has the second worst record in the NBA. Uh, I know Detroit doesn't have, you know, Killian Hayes, who's the, you know he's played terribly, but he's their number, you know, their top draft pick. I can't remember what number. I think he was eight. Um, they don't have Blake Griffin. They're very much depleted and are bad. So I. Should expect the Kings to win. I was not expecting the Kings to win this game against Detroit. Well, it's, it's, uh, so I guess my answer would be. Well, it's funny that. we said it off um, off the air with our buddy Bobby Jones. Shout out Bobby Jones, uh, currently in the other production studio doing the UC Davis broadcast. <laughs> uh, hi, Bob. Uh, this team last night with no Tyrese Halliburton who was out because of a calf injury. You look at the people who played last night, Bagley. Uh, Bagley, Barnes, Holmes, Fox, Heal, Bielitsa, Joseph, Jeffries, James. Like these are people. A lot of Jays. A lot of Jays. These are players that Vladi Divac he built this lineup. City. He built. He built, he built this built city. city. 
he built this lineup. He built this team. And without Tyrese Halliburton, the team, it works differently. And you just look at the – it just brings things in perspective that, yeah, it's exciting we have Tyrese, but when he's out, it's still the same team that Vladi built. Like, and there's a long way to go for this this whole entire roster. It's going to look a lot different, in my opinion, in probably two, three weeks. I think Monty's going to empty the clip in a couple weeks. I'm curious, before we go to break, uh, I think it was it was after the Knicks game. Um, really, to me, was I, – I haven't heard Harrison make a statement like this I, I, his whole time was in Sacramento. Uh, pretty much saying it's not on coaching, it's on us, and specifically it's on certain players' basketball IQs. Um, do you have his? Do you have the direct quote? Because I feel like I'm. You're pretty close. Yeah, you're pretty close. I don't have the direct quote, but I know that. But it you was, were in the. Yeah, you were in the that. It it just was. He kept saying over and over, it's about like you know, it's it's not like it's not like we're on the floor. Uh, De'Aaron said kind of the same thing. Like we're the ones on the floor. Like and he didn't say the IQ thing, but that was HB saying like, it's, it's it comes down to like a basketball IQ standpoint. Like it's about making the right the right decisions on the floor. That's on us players and like. So to me, that's pretty condemning and. Uh, you know, Harrison's obviously not pointing fingers there, but we can deduce who he is referring to. Uh, I'd like to try that exercise, if okay. you would. Sure. Uh, I'd assume he's not talking about himself. No, I wouldn't think so, no. Rashawn's been out there. We've talked countless times about how Rashawn, especially late in the game, you know, he was getting the the, uh, the, the start or the getting to play over Marvin uh, down the stretch of games. He was the reason why we won so many games uh, when we were winning games. Yeah. I would say it's not him. He's a very smart. He arguably maybe is even the first or second smartest Never is playing outside of floor. himself ever. No. I would not say Rashawn's you, basketball IQ is an issue. You never seem to get the ball in the post and go force a shot or, or shoot a 15-foot a, a yeah. jump or anything. No. Tyrese Halliburton is a 20-year-old genius. Nothing yeah, else needs to be on. said. Um, De'Aaron Fox, team goes as far as he can. Yep. Nemanja Bielitsa, even, you know, doesn't play much, but he I would makes, not question his basketball He pulls IQ. some questionable shots sometimes, but I can't say he's a bad basketball IQ. That kind of leaves us with a few there's, a few suspects. two suspects. Uh, there's two. I mean, there's three if we want to talk about our boy as well, Corey Joseph. Oh, come on. <laughs> I, okay, fine. Corey Joseph's basketball IQ is fine. I mean, he's it's clearly not his playing ability no. why he's on the court, so you got to assume that it's his IQ. He was 07 from the field. I just <laughs> want to throw that out there last night. That's not, that's not very high basketball IQ. Um, I, look, this is a long way of me saying, do you think Harrison is kind of calling out Buddy and, and Marvin a little directly there? Or is he really – I mean, Harrison's a nice guy, so I, I, I'm i going to give him the benefit of the doubt that he's not trying to call them out. But at the same time, like, we all see the numbers and, and see that Buddy and Marvin especially are defensive outliers. I think that if we're ranking who he's targeting, like, if there has to be, like, a leader or a winner, I think the winner is Buddy. Like, I think Buddy for sure is someone right now who is not making the smart moves offensively or defensively, or off ball, deep on offense. No matter nothing, he Buddy is a train wreck right now. Yeah, and uh, Marvin's been playing. He, he's a defensive liability. He didn't step I, up last night in tra- with the the Dennis Smith dunk. That was all over the highlight reel. 
Just cut him off, man. Well, as we know, Marvin hasn't even been getting the minutes to really have those. Con- I mean, when he does play, he really does make a lot of defensive errors that are, sure. that are pretty glaring. But he doesn't really – Luke doesn't put him in in important enough moments exactly. for him to make these mistakes in. Uh, so, uh, yes, I agree and, with you. I think, Marvin, if anything, he's pointing pretty directly at Buddy. Yeah, and Marvin's been making the right moves on offense, too. Marvin's been playing arguably his best stretch of basketball in his for career sure. from an offensive standpoint. Yes. So. Buddy is the opposite. Is he's playing the worst basketball of his career in all aspects? Mm-hmm. Like he is not playing well. He looks like a ghost. I mean, I I have like a replay in my head. I think like four or five episodes ago, I said I can guarantee everybody here. I'm so pompous. Gosh, that Buddy Heald did not forget how to shoot the basketball. I'm going to retract that statement. I feel like Buddy Heald may have forgotten how to shoot the I basketball. There so- was a point where he he would hit open shots like they were layups. I mean, there, that was at least a guarantee he was a walking bucket in that term. But now he's not hitting open shots. He's not hitting his tough contested threes. He's just chucking them up. No, he, he, he's shooting. It's the worst shooting season of his entire career. He's averaging 15 points per game. Uh, that's the least amount of points he's averaged in a season since 2017, which was his first year with the Kings, 2017-18. 36% from the field, 36% from the three-point line, which he's almost below 30, 36%, and his career low is 30. His career low. I'd imagine it's like 38. It's 39. Yeah. He's a 40% three-point th- shooter for his career, and he's well below that right now. And uh, defense obviously makes it. If he's not making his shots, like, why why is he on the floor? Like, it's, and it's kind of because cut and dry is that really? And Ty was out last night, and that that changes things. For sure. I, I do think we were going to see a lineup change. Luke Walton kind of hinted at it that we were going to see uh, a different lineup to hopefully shake things up when they're on the verge of losing ten straight. But Ty did not play yesterday, and you know, alas, Buddy was in. So uh, it's something really interesting. I'm very interested to see if tomorrow against Charlotte. If Tyrese plays, we see a different lineup. I would be very, very excited to see that Tyrese versus Lamelo matchup starters. You know, guarding each other. Little, yeah, that would, I don't. I don't th- is Lamelo in the starting lineup now? I think he. I know like, they moved I him in after actually, Rozier got hurt, but he should firmly be in the lineup at this point. Uh, I could check when, when we. Yeah, come back. I mean, but, I, um, I I would be watch out for that. I, I we should get this episode out on Saturday. Watch out for that matchup on Sunday. Yeah, obviously, Chris's first Ty, game Tyrese back. And, yes, my first game first back game in, back a, in while. a month, probably. Yeah, I know. Um, we need to pick that schedule too. We need to figure out what we games do need we want. To do that. Yep. Let me rub my hands together. Let's do that right now. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. Cool. We are back. Uh, I say that more for ourselves because I was like an ASMR like, comeback. We are back. Okay, that was creepy. That was All a little right. creepy. Um, we are back. Uh, and honestly, this is a pretty random segment. I'm not even sure if it's going to come off well, but I was pretty much going through Basketball Reference, NBA.com, looking through stats, just trying to figure out like where the Kings are really lacking, where. You know, where they're doing well, just, I don't know, just generic. I feel like people, this is a normal thing to do, right? People just take their weekends and yeah. and surf basketball reference. Look through right? numbers. I do that every day with like right, baseball sure. and basketball reference. Like, I've, I, like, if you no go, like, no one the, likes to show off, Frank. Okay. Well, no, but if you go like to the main page on basketball reference, like, oh, no, it's I great. See, like, I mean, you could spend all week there. I see Greg Monroe. And you know what? I haven't thought about Greg Monroe in a couple of years because he hasn't played, but nope. now I'm going to look through his stats. And you know what? He actually Georgetown's was pretty finest. Good. He was Greg pretty Monroe. good. Yeah. So, yeah, I totally, I totally get what you're, what you're saying. Right. 
Uh, point is, I just thought uh, there were some numbers to me that stuck out, and I just wanted to bring them to your attention, and uh, I just thought it might be fun to, uh, to have a little conversation about it. Uh, first off, I have, after last night's game here, the Kings are now 5-2 and two on games decided by less than three points. Is that surprising to you? That uh, comes as a surprise to me. It doesn't feel like the Kings win many, or, or, I, or at least are on that. Because really, you think about. I mean, a couple, they are. Like so. you think about a couple of those games like, that are close. I don't know off the top of my head which ones were by was by five points or less. You said three, three. Uh, I mean, there's one last night. I'm not sure if the Chicago game was that we won at home. Um, but they for a while they were closing out a lot of really close games. Like with let me see, Clipper game, HB put back. That was one that I think the Kings... The Nuggets game as well. Nuggets game was the Tiffin. The first game of the game. The see, first game you, of the year. It's a, it's a little surprising, but at the same time, like those are wins like that you look back at that aren't like... You wouldn't categorize them as great wins. You just look at them like, wow, we got some clutch plays down the stretch. like Or right place, right time. Like for the Buddy Tiffin, like how... I mean, how many times does that happen? Like a, a ball bounces perfectly back to Buddy like that. So... I don't know if that really that stat means the Kings are a good closing team. I just think it means they've gotten some lucky. How about this then? I, and I just thought about this. That stat also means that the Kings have had seven games, seven close, like really close games of thirty three. Yeah, I mean, uh, we've won five of them. We've won five of them, which is positive. That's positive. Just, it's just interesting. But at the same time, I'd like to know how many games like we've lost by like. Five, six, or seven. Well, how about this? I have how many games we've lost by more than ten? I have that record. We are two and eleven on games decided by ten points or more. We're always in the butt end. So we have, yeah, we've we've blown out two teams this year and been on the side of blowouts eleven times. Have how, we? Have we blown out one? Have, what games I, have we won by double? I digits? cannot remember. I don't know. You look that up right now. Um, uh, and game, eleven, eleven seems like a lot. I know, but uh, I was actually looking at other teams uh, with. Other teams' records with uh, when they by ten points or more, and that's about. I mean, for sure, it's in the bottom third of teams. But you know, it's the teams that the Kings are are categorized with. It's the Memphis, the Dallas, the Knicks. Uh, you know, I think Cleveland's leading the league with like seventeen blowout losses. But um, we'll, we'll catch you know. Them. So it could, exactly, it could absolutely be Cleveland. so. As we say, the Kings are the worst defensive team in NBA history. There is also that, that, you know, the Cavs have been blown out 17 times. They're pretty bad. We That's, haven't even played them yet. No, we haven't played them yet. Um, um, uh, the, to answer that Yes, uh, the, two, number, the two games we, that the Kings have won by more than 10. We, 10 won, or more. we won by 10 against Denver at home uh, the first time we played them, which that was like one where it was like, oh, are the Kings good? Because they went 3-1 and one over their first four. And the second one was the 14-point win in Orlando, which is... Kind of a bummer when you think about how much Orlando just throttled the hell out yeah. of us the last time we played them. And that's actually a really good point. Yeah, Vucevic dropped almost fifty um, in a game that we definitely. I mean, we we talked about it, but that, yeah, we should have won that game. You look back at just talent for talent. You look back at that stretch, and it really frustrates you. Like at the beginning of the winning of the losing, keep saying winning I streak, <laughs> the losing streak when they lost like that close game to Philly, and then they end up just rattling off Orlando, which is a game we should have won at home, Memphis. Brooklyn, who was shorthanded uh, at home, Miami, Chicago. Like, those are all games that you think, like, we should have a chance at winning. And a couple of them they did, and they blew it late. But for the most part, it's from bad basketball. Just bad, bad basketball. 
The Kings are last in opponents' points in the paint, allowing 52.2 points in the paint. Thank you, Rashawn. Well, no, they're allowing 52. Oh. Like, so no thank you, Rashawn. I mean, Never mind. I'm not going to say that's Rashawn's fault, but it's essentially meaning that well, the I Kings guess... allow the most points at the bat. I mean, people are just getting to the rim easy. That's the thing. Again, we're not a numbers podcast. We're not like no. – like... No, I can't tell you exactly no. you know, how you know, the plus-minus numbers of when again... Rashawn is on the court in terms of defense. You know, But I can tell you that the Kings are factually – Last in, we'll have points. one of the Kings Herald guys on, yeah, to oh, yeah, educate us on this because they are way better at this than we are. I can talk when I want to, yeah, of course. But it's like, I hey, just, I'm not, yeah. Is Rashawn or his metrics? Is he a good defensive center? I'm not entirely sure. I well, want to say he I, is. I would be interested to ask the same question about De'Aaron Fox as well because we've, you know, we talk, we all talk about how De'Aaron Fox is not a bad defensive player. You know, he, he's a great. He's great at getting steals and stuff like that, but we like to think of him as a good defensive uh, point guard, and yet routinely we see guards put up ridiculous numbers against us. And granted, you know, guards are putting up ridiculous numbers every single night, but uh, it's just, I don't know, it, it seems like against us, you know, the again, the Bulls game sticks out to me where Zach Levine and Kobe White both have 30 points. That probably shouldn't happen if you have any sort of elite defender. Yeah, know? no, I agree. Like, uh, I'm looking at Rashawn's just basketball reference page, and I want to say he's a good defender, one and a half blocks a game. That's that's pretty, I mean, that's got to be in the top 20, 25 mm-hmm. of, of centers. Uh, Definitely. Per 100 possessions, I'm looking at on-court, off-court, uh, plus 11 and a half when he's on the court. They're minus, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's stuff like that we don't, I'll talk to the Kings Herald guys, but. Is that because our defenders in the paint aren't good, like Marvin and Rashawn? Uh, if we're that low, I'm guessing, yeah. Like, I don't really say – I can't say how they'd be considered That's good the defenders. Thing. I mean, yeah, if it's, we're, if we're, it's tough to make the argument that, that anybody on the team is a good defensive player when there's just stats all around. We have Hassan Whiteside, though, dude. I mean, and that's another thing, too, is, I mean, the Kings just don't get steals at all. I don't have those numbers, but they're – you know, middle of the league in in getting uh, blocks. I think they're bottom five in steals. Um, it's and it's funny because I in in post games a lot. I hear Luke Walton specifically talk talk a lot about the team getting deflections, and it's not really something I think. Of. I mean, there's no stat for you know getting deflections per game, but. Uh, I think there is though. Like I some, think there is in like deep analytics. It might be on. You, know, a, you can't it, just find is it, that. Is it wiping on, the, gla- uh, cleaning cleaning the glass? Cleaning the glass. It's not pro- I, I have to buy a membership still, but yes. I know that's a good site. Cleaning the glass for all those like stats. Like wait, that's a stat. Like it has all of those. Yeah. Like because someone did put out how Tyrese Halliburton has had like X amount of deflections. So someone somewhere is like deflection. Putting a tally down. No thanks. I'll t- actually I'll take that. Job. I'll take that that's, job. That's a nice. That's a I'll nice take that job. job. Um, I'll take it. Kind of lost my train of thought, but no, it's just like pretty much, you know, the it's not, it's no secret to anybody that the Kings' defense is very, very yes. bad. But um, Rashawn has been. A, I'm not trying to say Rashawn's a bad defender. I'm just saying it's hard for me to categorize anyone on the Kings as a good defender when all these numbers are throwing at me are are coming up. Like, if I'm not mistaken, also the Kings uh, allow the like. I'm just going to say. I'm pretty sure it's. Top five in the league in three point uh, percentage. I'm I'm not even going to check it. I'm just going to assume it because how the hell? I mean, else it sure could, feels like it. How could it be anything better? So, um, all these numbers make sense. They're a bad defensive yep. team. I think Tyrese and 
I would say Tyrese is like the only person I would categorize on the team as a good defender. I would say is is Tyrese. Like I'm not sure how many other players on the on the roster are like carrying their weight on the defensive end. Like I mean, De'Aaron, I'm sure, but there's times I see, I see De'Aaron. Who was who, rewatching a game a while back where De'Aaron just got cooked? Uh, was it the Brooklyn game that Kyrie just ran right by De'Aaron? I mean, Kyrie's Kyrie, but um, there's some things I'd like to see him improve on. Uh, here's another. This will be my last stat for you. Uh, and this is also uh, a callback to something we were talking about earlier. The Kings are fifth in the league in free throw attempts at 23.8 per game. They they attempt the fifth most of any team in the league. They have the second worst free throw percentage. Yeah. So they're pissing away more shots than any team in the league pretty much. Just just throwing them out the window, letting it fly like Leo in, in is that Wolf of Wall Street when he's just throwing the money off yep. the boat? Fun That's coupons. what the Kings are doing. Yeah, fun coupons. That's right. right. Uh, the only team that's shooting worse is Cleveland, who is just an overall terrible shooting team. Yeah, uh, that kind of comes down to De'Aaron, Marvin. Yeah, uh, they're definitely holding – they're anchoring the team down in terms of field goal or free throw percentage for sure. De'Aaron alone is getting to the line. He's a top 10 player in the league and getting to the free throw line and shooting under 68% from the free throw line, which I've, I believe he is shooting this year. Uh, quick fact check while I'm here. Uh, De'Aaron Fox from the free throw line this season – is shooting 68%, so that's going to hurt your team average when he gets to the line about 10-plus times per game. So second half of the season, I would love to see him improve. I've said it a million times. I'll say it again. If De'Aaron Fox can figure out his free throw shooting, he's going to be a, a near 30-point-per-game score. He's already at 23. You give him four or five more free throws made because he's missing about three four per game right mm-hmm. now. Okay, he's, at, he's right there. Yeah. So that's uh, yeah, that's all I got for you on the uh, on the stat side. I hope I hope that comes off to the listeners. Is yeah, and again, we're not it's like those are the numbers. <laughs> we are telling you the numbers. Uh, Tell them to all your friends. Someone sounds smart. I still go back to that guy who left that comment before we even started the look, season. Man, all we do, all we do is read the box score. It's like, dude, yeah, we look at the numbers, man. It's basketball, like. Every sport is numbers, so you can't get mad about the numbers. Yeah. Also, like, I think I said this before, but the basketball box score is the best box score of any sport that I've, I mean, that I pay attention to. I just think it tells the most accurate story that a box score can tell. Yeah. Like, I mean, a football box score, you know, you can, Kirk Cousins, let me tell you, Kirk Cousins throws for 300 yards often. Doesn't mean much. Like, you know, it's... Oh, no, I get what you mean. Like, you know, in baseball, too, like, uh, you, know, you could go two for three, but those two hits could be a squibber down the line that yes, beat out for a exactly. single. Uh, but it'll look like a line drive. They always say that'll be a line drive in the box score tomorrow. Or uh, maybe you hit a ball, like, off the pitcher's foot. And oh, yeah. It, yeah, it's just it like... bounces off into the three. outfield and you get a double. <laughs> Basketball, like, if you go four of 15, you know, maybe one of those is a bank or whatever, but mm-hmm. no matter what, we you were exposed, like yeah. you had a bad game. So um, if you don't like the box scores, I'm not going to apologize. We look, we look at the box scores. Uh, numbers, baby, numbers. So, But we're not a numbers podcast. We're not, not a, a math podcast. Not a math podcast. Or science. Not a math or science podcast. Uh, but we are a history podcast, and yes. I'm going to end today's podcast with – Great transition. Uh, thank you very much. It is. Uh, it's kind of fitting that we we look back on this today. Uh, I got a reminder on Facebook that nine years ago, 
On the 27th of of February, February, correct? uh, I had a screenshot from my iPhone 4 at the time. I was a senior in high school. And there was uh, some breaking news. It was that the Kings and Sacramento, the city of Sacramento, reach a deal on a new arena. What? I know. Exciting. Uh, I'll read it for you. The Sacramento Kings have reached a tentative deal with the city of Sacramento that will keep the team there long term with a new arena to be built. A tearful Gavin Maloof announced the pact after the Kings owners emerged from a Monday morning meeting in Orlando, Florida. Quote, we have always said we wanted to stay in Sacramento. Now, here's our opportunity, said Joe Maloof. Clown. Yep. And then guess what? Uh, That deal fell through. So who took over? Who Ron, took over after that? Ron Burkle headed that group hmm. with Kevin Johnson to buy a new arena. The same Ron Burkle. I was going to say Ron Burkle, Frank. Where where, where have I recently heard this name, Ron Burkle? Whoo. I would say, uh, oh, yeah, he dropped out of another uh, another bid for a Sacramento sports team. Uh, just, again, it's funny because, like, I looked up the article, too. April 8, 2013, Ron Burkle dropped out of becoming the lead investor to bring a new arena and to Sacramento and keep the team in Sacramento. And you look at the news clippings or online, whatever, the same Ron Burkle, without paying a dollar of that expansion fee to the Major League Soccer. Initial uh, red flag. Initial red flag. He has dropped out of the Sacramento Republic FC's bid for a professional soccer team. So just wanted to share that news and to say Ron Burkle now is probably. Class of clowns. The most. Maybe the most hated man in Sacramento at this point in time. Sure. <laughs> well, think about it. He bent the Kings over. A people barrel. hate Luke Walton a lot. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. People do hate. People hate Corey Joseph. People hate Luke Walton. Luke, Luke Walton Joseph and Corey Joseph. But Ron Burkle is. He's he's trying to get. He's him number three. For, he's number three. He's but creeping. The, the Maloofs are still up there too, though. For sure. I mean, Ron they, Burkle like. Ron Burkle goes into like that Pete Delisandro class of of Sacramento hate, where it's like I just saw like a people just reaction. yeah people just kind of block him out of. I mean, no one really talks about Ron Burkle. No one really talks about Pete either. But I, I you know I don't think Ron Burkle Stuck is going is... to be brought up by people unless you know those those of us who know know. But um, I don't think you know Ron Burkle is going to be a, a part of no Sacramento pop culture. Well, if they cost, I will say if it costs them the bid. Like, if they end up not getting an MLS team, I think it'll be kind of a – like, people – he's literally going to be the sole reason why because he said he was going to pay that fee. Oh, for – I mean, I'm not saying it's not his fault. I just don't know if he, people – people – I don't know. According to Superbad, people don't forget. Because aren't shovels in the ground or were they about to be in the ground for the I'm pretty stadium? sure they were in the ground. And now they might – it might just be like that shell of a baseball stadium by Arco, like how mm. they started building an yep. arena. And – I was excited, though. I was really excited oh, for yeah. Sac Republic. I hope it gets figured out because that arena would have been cool, too. That mm-hmm. stadium would have been beautiful. There could have been so many soccer games, of course, but, like, concerts, other cool outdoor yeah. venues. Like, I mean, even just to think of, like, what Sacramento would look like in 2030, you know? Yeah. Just I, I would assume that they would connect uh, where the soccer stadium is to where Doco is. It's only about, like, what, three or four blocks. What are they rumoring? Or was there rumors that they, that stadium was going to hold possibly, like, CIF like uh, high school football like is that like a rumor too that they're gonna have like high that's a good chance football? I mean I know they hold it now at Sac State's uh, football field not that that's disgusting or anything but it could definitely get nicer than that uh, it, my, 
point is, I might have been wrong on that, but I thought I heard that somewhere. But it could have been such a huge uh, opportunity for the city of Sacramento. For sure. So hopefully, could they have can brought get... a lot of jobs for for oh, people. Yeah. You know, looking all around, and uh, yeah, just hopefully they can figure very it out. unfortunate situation. Sacramento, Ron Burkle, what Sac- a guy. Sacramento and pro sports, man, just been a punching bag. Can't be easy. Uh, speaking of punching bag, I, I think <laughs> I think we're we're going to uh, lay off this week. We're we're not going to uh, to give out our coveted king of the week and uh, Coke machine of the week, uh, just because you know we have an episode coming up uh, next week that uh, we'll probably cover uh, that on. With all that being said, uh, our Coke machine of the week is going to be Corey <laughs> Joseph. Oh, man, is that uh, he thinks he's a stopper? To be, yeah, it's got to mean. Uh, he's, he's a nice guy. <laughs> it's on nightly basis. That was like, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. No, Let's we're not. This, we're not. We're not giving out any coke machine. <laughs> we're not giving out any awards this week. Uh, we'll have an episode uh, probably after these next three games. Probably the first day of the break. Yeah, um, maybe with the guest. Maybe you know, with the special guest. Yeah, maybe. Maybe this will be our first. Uh, our first guest appearance. Um, be on the lookout for that. TBD. TBD. Very TBD. Um, enjoy Sacramento Kings got basketball, hopefully. Um, they have three more games until the break. For my buddy over here, Frankie Cardicelli, I am Chris Watkins. Um, I'm sorry, Corey Joseph. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I'm really sorry, man. Shout out, Pfizer. You're a nice guy. Uh, shout out, Pfizer. Shout out, Bobby Schmurter. And we'll